Blog Talk Radio. Show live. I'm your show host, Dame Lillianne Walker, and I'm so excited today to have Frank J. Porcaro, who is going to be with us today to speak about the power of raw, authentic communication. Frank J., thank you for joining us on the Bottom Line Show live today. Yeah, thank you, Lillian. It's um, an honor to have this conversation with you. Absolutely. Well, Frank J., why don't you tell a little, a little bit about yourself to our listeners? So, so for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with you, uh, they'll know, first of all, what part of the world are you in? Mm-hmm. So right now I'm in Spain. I'm a little south of Malaga, Spain. And um, Beautiful. Yeah, right now I'm actually sharing uh, this call with my audience on Facebook. And, and so a little bit about me. Um, say about eight years ago, I went through a very interesting transition in my life. Uh, I grew up in a domestically violent home. Uh, my my mother uh, was abused, to my understanding, mentally, physically, emotionally from my father, and he left when I was a baby. And so she had to work three jobs, take care of three kids, and it was a very interesting, challenging childhood. And at 18 years old, I got a job in a nursing home, and we'll go more into the story a little bit later. But in during that time, I went through a very interesting transition, and I started to uh, consciously, uh, let's just say, awake, awoke, or in some sort of way, started to perceive life in a different way, and got my hands on different ideas and philosophies and concepts. And throughout the years, I've been traveling around the world, hosting retreats on raw, authentic communication. I have a, I'm a co-founder of a company called International Tribe Design and also a speaker. And so I travel, do different seminars and events all over the world and also life coach um, to different individuals as well. Well, thank you for giving our listeners a little background about you, what you do and how you do it. And uh, today I'm really excited to be able to to touch upon this topic. I know you and I have had a few conversations about this, and uh, we were I was very blessed to have brought you in as a guest when we saw the Dalai Lama when I was interviewing the Dalai Lama, the 14th Dalai Lama here in Westminster, California, at an inaugural ceremony. And I know that you have this very soulful, powerful way of reaching the hearts, minds, and souls of people, regardless of gender, regardless of age, regardless of uh, um, religious uh, persuasion, you're able to get to the heart of the matter, and you're really uh, an agent of not just change, but an agent of healing, and that's what this show is all about, is about the secrets of success and getting to the true heart of the matter and sharing that heart space with the world so that people can heal. Mm. So so let's really get into the heart of the matter and talk about uh, the raw authentic power of communication. What does that mean to you, Frank J.? So about a year and a half ago, I got connected to now my business partner, Daniel Eisenman, and him and his brothers have been hosting retreats on radical honesty. And radical honesty is a a form of therapy which is to basically transform through complete honesty. And it's super vulnerable and super powerful. It originated from, I believe his name is Brad Blanton, and there's a book called Radical Honesty. And so during these retreats um, that I was exposed to, I see people become completely transparent and vulnerable and, um, and make incredible transformations because what happens is a lot of us hold in information. We hold in the traumas and the subtle traumas of our lives. And by doing that, I believe we empower it. So for example, when somebody 
brings up, let whatever come up, come out. It's almost as like taking the darkness and bringing it to light. Just by the very fact of speaking of the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment, the embarrassment, the jealousy, the fear, by speaking of that, it almost dissipates the energy by letting it out. Now, on the other hand, look at it as somebody that has a goal or an intention or something that they desire to create slash manifest by speaking of it. We all know people that speak so much. They're talkers. They like to talk. They like to want to want, right? And they never really get the results they want because they're totally dissipating the energy by letting whatever come up, come out. And so um, it's, very, it's a very powerful tool when we have these traumas slash embarrassments and slash guilt. And all, we all have this from our past. And I've seen, a, I've seen these people, Daniel and his brothers called the Raw Bros. They're, they're no longer formed as the Raw Bros. Um, and that's where Daniel and I now are collaborating, and we upgraded it to international tribe design. And so I've seen people transform through being completely vulnerable. Now, as Daniel and I collaborated, we started hosting retreats together as well. My expertise back then was on self-empowerment. So I was teaching different mental attitudes on embodying self-confidence. So it's very like in, an empowering slash like um, more so of like a, a persuasive communication technique on persuading yourself, persuading others in a, in, a positive light, in a positive light to get results, right? So it was sort of the opposite end of total vulnerability. Now, as Daniel and I started to grow together and do retreats, I started to, we started to combine these like NLP persuasive techniques and vulnerability and radical honesty slash a new twist with like a task. And so raw authentic communication to me is being able to speak very honestly and vulnerably, very transparent, but in a very tactful and intelligent way to get to the core of what both parties, um, what will benefit both parties. So for example, what people tend to want is not to be right. They want peace. Ego wants to be right. So instead of trying to be right, how can we communicate to find peace together? How can you and I both win in this uh, communication rather than one of us dominating, right? And so expressing yourself in a way of saying, hey, I notice that when I'm in your presence, I find myself very uh, anxious, and maybe what that means is instead of projecting, blaming uh, other people, what that means is that I um, maybe put a lot of expectations on you and maybe I don't feel valuable or, or um, validated in your presence, maybe because of past insecurities. I don't know why, but I just wanted to express this. I don't need your reciprocation just so that we can, we can connect deeper. <laughs> you know? So it's like saying the things wow. that aren't necessarily being said, but you've got to say it in a very tactful and a persuasive way as well um, rather than a blunt way. You know, I travel the world and people ask me, what do you do for a living? I'm like, and I used to say, well, I teach, I, I facilitate retreats on radical honesty. And people are like, oh, I'm honest. I'm honest all the time. And I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't feel right. I'm like, no, bluntness is not raw, authentic communication. The foundation of raw, authentic communication is unconditional love. Hey, your behavior I don't agree with, but how can we find each other? How can we love each other anyway? How can we agree to disagree and still love and respect each other? How can we communicate in that fashion? And so that, to me, is what raw, authentic communication means. Well, let's talk about, you hit on some buzzwords here, because you're talking about raw, authentic communication, and you talked about being honest. And so let's take a word, let's look at the word honest and see what the definition of honest is. If you just were to Google the word honest, it says that honest is free of deceit and untruthfulness, sincere. Uh, it says it's also used to persuade someone of the truth of something. So that's what the word honest means. And if you look at the word integrity, you know, we think of, you know, somebody who has high integrity, somebody it, uh, who is walking in integrity as somebody who is honest. And the definition of integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, 
moral uprightness. Now, if you kind of dig in deeper to the word integrity, you'll notice that in our math, uh, in our study of math, there's the word integers. Integers are whole numbers. And the word integrity comes from the same root Latin word, which gives you the word integrity. Now, I actually had a vision. Uh, we have obviously lots of discussions on the secrets to success, and we always take the spiritual aspect with which whoever it is that we have as a guest. And one of the insights that I had about integrity is that integrity is not just being honest, but I actually had a vision where this was during my meditation time and prayer time, this was revealed to me, that we think that integrity is just to be honest. And we hear the word, oh, just to be honest, and it's such a superficial thing because we hear it so often that we really don't embrace and embody what it means to have integrity. And what I perceived during my meditation was I first saw a picture where I saw this ring, this silver ring, and the silver ring was broken. It was not, it was like two halves of a silver ring. And uh, the perception then I had was that when, when the two sides of the ring became one, now you could not tell where the, that ring started and where that ring ended. And so now that it was a perfect circle, now I as a person, when I am in truth, and in honesty and integrity with myself, that, re- that ring becomes closed. That, and I also have the perception that, that it was not just me, but as I stand in that truth and I am whole and in honesty with what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm supposed to be saying, how I'm supposed to be living, how I'm supposed to show up in the world, and I come into that space now with another person, in this case I'm going to say with you because I know that you're in that, in that same space, of of beingness. Now, when we come together, let's say you're the left half of the circle, I'm the right half of the circle. When we come together, now we're both whole. We're complete. And then the next thing that I saw in the vision, and there weren't words attached to this, it was more of a perception that I witnessed during this meditation, was that that silver ring became a sphere. And so I inherently knew that the, that it converting into a sphere was not only Im- implying about the space in which we're, we're, we're being, but also that it was infinite. So infinite, if you go down to the tiniest little minute thing in my beingness and your beingness, but also as you go out, expand, and grow, because you're operating in integrity, it's, it's infinite. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It, it, what it reminds me of, what I heard you say, is that cooperation is, is the key to infinity, is the key to fulfillment, in a way, it called when you can cooperate. And what I think integrity is, I think the most important part of integrity is being integrous with yourself. Exactly. And that's what I mean starts. by that, that's where it starts. And just doing the right thing, even though it may be challenging, See, we have multiple parts of ourselves, and we, we definitely, no matter who it is, in my opinion, has lower parts of themselves, parts that want to do the easy way out, want to uh, skip a step, the part that, that doesn't want to get up in the morning. You know, it's all these, we have the lower parts of ourselves, the lazy part, the procrastinating part, whatever it is. Um, and integrity is just staying congruent with our highest and strongest path in my, in my perception and just have an integrity with that part of ourselves. And, and when we do that, um, then we show up very differently in the world. Well, I love what you're saying because you talked about earlier, you um, touched upon a point which I think is really powerful because you're talking about, um, you know, your, you, you, you talked about the shadow side, how if, you're, if you hold in information, then you're empowering you know, the shadow side of you, that whatever the drama and trauma and pain that you have, which is your pain body and your shadow side, you unknowingly give energy to that by not, you know, bringing that out into the light. And if you're withholding that because you're embarrassed or because you're, you know, you're afraid. You're afraid that by bringing that out that maybe you're going to either lose the other person or you're going to offend the other person or you're going to hurt their feelings, uh, then you're feeding yeah. that shadow side in you, and now oh, that sure. pain body is growing. The skin is getting thicker, like you, you said earlier in one of your Facebook po- postings earlier this week. 
uh, you talked about how, like, that pain body, it's like a tough skin that just gets mm. thicker and rougher. And when you articulate it and verbalize and communicate it that way, it becomes so, it, now it's so obvious. But until then, I'm sure a lot of people were thinking, not even thinking about that, not even realizing. I'm sure a lot of folks had a lot of ahas uh, about that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's so profound. Not only that, but if we let things, if we hold things in, in regards to human relationships, mm-hmm. people have a sensibility. People can sense. Beyond, we're all communicating something. I think communication goes way beyond body language and it goes way beyond uh, vocal language. It goes way beyond. We're all communicating something. There's a subtlety that people have a, a sensibility to. Every single human, they know, they know when, you feel, when you're feeling awkward in your own skin. It almost as they start to feel awkward in their own skin. Or they know yeah. when someone is judging you. you know, we all hear that, that, the cliche saying that, um, like somebody like in prison or something, they can smell fear. They can smell a victim. Like a bully yeah. can sense a victim, and therefore they attract to one another. They can sense it. We have this sensibility. And so when we, we're not saying the things that are obvious in that sensibility, then we create a disconnection. And it, and it doesn't go beyond sup, uh, superficial um, connection there's depth to the relationship just as there's depth to our own individuality there's depth to this life but most people are so surface level that they don't get to experience the depth and therefore i think that why most people aren't happy most people are really not fulfilled and and going deeper and because there is as i think it's the conditioning again the conditioning of being afraid to go deeper although for example there's so many scenarios in my own life and in with the people that I work with, whereas they have an imagination slash judgment slash assumption of another human being. And if they don't say it, then their imagination starts to grow and grow and grow with other imaginations and like scenarios. And therefore they have this whole perceived connotation of this person and, and it may or may not be true. And that can be disconnecting them. So, for example, on a very uh, easy, a simple story that um, one of my friends from Australia, he teaches on flow state, very powerful entrepreneur, and my friend Daniel, my, my business partner Daniel, um, they, the, my friend from Australia came to Maui where we were both, where Daniel and I were for a certain period of time, and um, my friend from Australia, his name is Jairo, and he said, he said it was so interesting because when I when I went and visited Daniel, Daniel is practiced in raw authentic communication. Daniel's like, hey, I gotta admit, I gotta express something to you, Jairo. And he's like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, I see your work, and there's a part of me that's uh, sort of jealous on what you're doing and how you are language, uh, your philosophies. And Jairo was taken back. He's like, whoa, really? He's like, well, there's actually a part wow. of me that's sort of jealous on how you guys run your business and, and do your thing as well. And then they were able to get raw and real. And by expressing the jealousy, you don't need to talk about it, figure it out, get into the romantic love story of why. No, it's just by expressing it, you're dispersing it, and you hold each other like, hey, I love you anyway, but there's a part of me that wants to express that I'm jealous. See, they were both feeling the same thing. Now, Interesting. On the subtle level, and he's was so amazed that he expressed that somebody had to lead with vulnerability to allow somebody else to be vulnerable. See, as leaders, as communicators, we have to lead with mm-hmm. vulnerability to open up that space for someone else to be vulnerable because we're not taught this communication in school. We're not taught no. by the government. We're not taught this growing up. Most of, most of the models we have are very ineffective, passive, or aggressive ways of communicating. But this raw, yeah. authentic way of communicating is not taught. It's a unique set of skills that needs to be practiced and discovered. And so, for example, if those two didn't express their jealousy, they're part of them that are jealous, not all of them. It's just a part of them. It's a subtlety. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's true. It doesn't mean that it's going to consume their whole life in the relationship. But by, expressing, didn't, by not expressing that, holding it in, it can empower it, and they could be putting a smile on their face, hanging out all the time, but yet there'll be a disconnection energetically because there's a part of the, the jealousy they're attached to. It's very well, interesting. Go ahead. That's, that's fascinating that you're saying that because one person had the courage to express that vulnerable side of them, that they were jealous of the other person and the results that they were having, which if you really dig a little deeper, 
it is an admiration and respect because game knows oh, game, that's right. and they recognize how spectacular and the gift that that person has. And it's interesting that the other person was mirroring the exact same thing, and both of them were in ignorance, unaware that that they had that mutual feeling that could be could be conveyed and uh, thought of as negative. But if you kind of dig down deeper, not only is it a mirror reflection of each other, but it's actually, uh, you know, that means that he respects the other person because they're doing something incredibly good. Mm-hmm. That's right. And on the other side of jealousy, there's a light and a dark side of everything. And not only that, there's yeah. multiple other dimensions of everything, too. There's not just a white and black. But on the other side of jealousy is inspiration. <laughs> right? Exactly. And so then what someone's really mm-hmm. saying, and if, you're, if, you, if you know that, then when someone says they're jealousy, it's a compliment. And so rather than getting yeah. insecure and needing to lower yourself, like, you know, so it's, on the other side, there's, there's a light side to every negative emotion as well. Uh, or perceive negative emotion. Maybe that it's a very positive way uh, to feel that. And so, and, and well, a, a, like another another example, Lillian. Like mm-hmm. for example, have you ever? Well, I don't know anybody listening. Have you ever had um, an attraction towards somebody, and by holding that attraction from a distance without saying anything, the mystery is creating a bunch of imaginations and feelings and the sensations <laughs> in your body, right? And, and like, it's like the, the whole mystery is what's creating all the attraction until, until, like, if you don't say anything, like for me, I, I this happened, happened to me a couple of times, but if I don't say anything, then I have this, all this imagination of what could have, should have, what happened. I have this imagination of everything. But then have you ever like went and go and talked to that person? And as soon as they open up their voice, it's like a total turnoff. It wasn't what you expected or it was, or maybe it was a turn on. It wasn't what you expected. So it's like the mm-hmm. keeping it inside is a, is a is a tricky place. It's a very tricky place wow. because it may or may not be accurate. So if we can somehow find a way, and this is what raw authentic communication uh, is, and I'm creating a system that will teach specific scenarios and how to use this. But if we can find a way to go up to somebody communicate in a very tactful yet honest slash vulnerable way, then we can find a way to get deeper almost instantaneously. I've seen people in our retreats in the matter of hours connect to the deepest root of themselves to another human being that they just met more so most of the time than their family and friends that they've grown up with. They yeah. find deeper connections in a four or five day retreat. And it's amazing. Um, and it's all about communication. That's, that's, yeah, it's in the power of the words that are thought and then they're spoken because it all starts in our minds, the way they're thought. And like you're saying, it's like, you know, you're thinking all these thoughts, these words are all, you know, digesting in your head. And some of them may or may not be true, you know, the thoughts that you're having, but then you, you express them and you start to communicate and talk to another person. And I think one of the biggest disservices that we can do it on another person is not speak to them about something that is bothering you or that hurts you or concerns you or, you know, obviously in the positive, you know, we're all more eager to share, you know, positive emotions and, you know, complimentary things. But sometimes we say, no, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to offend them. I don't want to piss them off, mm. whatever. Oh, we, that's we have this internal, yeah, we don't, we have all this dialogue that may or may not be true like you just expressed. <sighs> However, I learned that the hard way. Occurred, I learned that the, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, tell me about right how you learned it the too. hard way. So, <laughs> hold that thought because what you're saying is very powerful as well. Um, but I heard, I heard, I learned this the hard way. I remember in um, Australia, I was forming a relationship with a woman, and I started to feel that it wasn't going to progress in the way that uh, would be romantically, and. Um, and I, I imagined, I didn't know this, but I imagined that she really liked me. And so I said, I started to be transparent with her. And I was like, I, I'm a little nervous because I don't want to hurt your feelings. And she looks at me. She's like, she's like, how dare you think that you have the power to hurt my feelings? She's like, I'm in control wow. of my feelings. I'll, if I want you to hurt me, I'll allow you to hurt me. But, and it was like, whoa, like, wait a second. And, and isn't it true that wow. it's so rare to find someone that loves us enough to be honest with us? Sometimes the people that are honest with us, if, if there's unconditional love behind it and they're not attached to their projection, 
if, if they can express themselves in an authentic yeah. way to share what they're really feeling, then you can help people because most people are blind to what they're doing. They don't know. I love yeah. my friends, although it's heavy sometimes to get, to get to this vulnerable state and to have somebody give critical mm-hmm. feedback is very heavy because the ego doesn't like it. But I respect and appreciate them so much because they love me enough to be honest with me. And so that's a silly belief system that a lot of us adopt because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Well, and, and like you said before, that belief system that you're going to hurt, offend, um, irritate, or whatever, whatever the story that you're telling yourself, which is your excuse for not expressing that, then that grows inside of you. It starts to create, it's like a cancer that grows exponentially. It turns into bitterness, resentment, um, shame, uh, guilt, all sorts of really disgusting, ugly, dark emotions that don't do anything other than suck the life force out of you quite literally. It's like a literal um, energy suck that you have that's self-created, sadly enough. But if you have the courage to just step forth and say, you know what, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm perceiving, and you just put yourself out there, and if the person says, you know, oh, gee whiz, you know, it really hurt when you said that, then you can clear it up. Again, when you have that agreement with that person, and this is part of what we are talking about today is, you know, it's about the agreements that you make with other people. If you both agree to show up completely present and in authenticity, that you're going to be unconditional with your communication, unconditional with your truth, and in unconditional love, then you're not attached to any outcomes. You're not trying to control. You're not trying to persuade. You're just fully showing up entirely, which is what it means to be and integrity. Now, if what you say, maybe it's hard for the other person to hear. They're like, ouch, this really hurts my feelings, or I had absolutely no idea that I had offended you, or whatever the emotion, however it is that they explain it. Now you can say, look, I'm not, I'm not telling this to hurt you. I'm not, you know, I never meant to offend you. You can clear it up right there because you're both in that open space of unconditional truth, unconditional communication, and unconditional love will obviously ensue. And you're not attached, again, and I can't reiterate this enough, if your agreement is with that that person, and it's something that you both have to speak about out loud, because you can't do it in your mind. You have to say, listen, you know, you're valuable. I'm not into any kind of shallow relationships. You know, I, you know I've got more friends than I can count. I'm not looking for another, you know, shallow friendship. I'm looking for you know, beautiful, intimate, deep relationships with people who are actually in a in a the right heart space who are going to fully show up. And if you can be in that space with me and not be attached to an outcome, no rights, no wrongs, no taboos, just let's just put it out there, then, oh, my gosh, what you find is that not only do you have much richer relationships, but then the magic and the miracles, the God incidences, you start to not only um, exponentially create in the life of your life because now you're connected with this other person. And I'm going to put you as a prime example because you, in the short time that you and I have known each other, we've had some pretty extraordinary things that have already happened. Mm -hmm. But what's beautiful is that birds of a feather flock together. Guess what? The universe, God, creative force and intelligence, I don't care what label you give that greater than us uh, source, starts to attract into our experience like-minded, like-souled individuals. And this thing just keeps on, it snowballs. And I know right. for a fact that that's, you know, I see that in your life. Uh, you know, I've introduced you to some of my friends, and you know, some of, you, you know some of the realities that are going on in their lives. And it's something that it's until you put yourself out in that space, and you just have to try it and trust that it absolutely positively works. Well, that's the thing, though. It's it's totally uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're right. You're it right in be. the sense that you sort of, um, by communicating at this level, the people that show up authentically at this level as well, two things will happen. You will weed out the people that aren't ready. And Absolutely. and sometimes, like, my relatives and, and, and whatnot, like, there's a part where I think – silence and full acceptance is necessary. That's why there's not white or black. But like, for example, like with my relatives, I realized that I think there's like certain levels of communicating. So for, for if you, somebody, if somebody does a behavior that sort of offends you, 
the worst thing to do is allow it to offend you and to hold it in, talk about it behind your back, or lash out at them. That's the worst thing to do. The second, the best, the second best thing to do after that um, is just to be silent but hold of like resentment. That's the that's the second worst slash best thing to do. The thing after that is to be silent and accept and understand that everybody's map of the world is different. And some people are ignorant yeah. and some people um, just, you know, are different life experiences. And if you can have that compassion, yeah. it's a beautiful thing to do. Now the highest level is being able to go and approach that scenario in an unconditional unattached way and be able exactly. to communicate effectively. Uh, now there are some people like in, in some parts of my, my friends and relationships, that I just, I'm operating from a point of accepting and silence where I'm not projecting anything. I'm just accepting and loving. And that's what I find is the most effective way to communicate um, at this time. So everyone's different. Um, and by saying, going back to the uncomfortable, it's incredibly uncomfortable to communicate at this level. That's why most people avoid it. Although uh-huh. my friend Daniel created a little upgrade to that word and caught uncomfortable what if the feelings in our body (laughs) let's get fun comfortable i'm feeling a little fun comfortable right now right and what if okay here's a very powerful technique that people can use as well so there's a difference between sensations and stories sensations are the subtle energies going through our body that come up in sensations so the heart beats a little bit faster my stomach is is feeling light my hands are sweating right these are sensations now, somebody can have a story as, I'm nervous. Oh, my gosh, I'm nervous. I'm, I can't do this. I'm anxious. I have anxiety. That's the worst thing. I have anxiety. I feel like I have anxiety. It's, wait a second. That's a story. Anxiety is a complete story. It's just a label that somebody made up. Now, it's storying or languaging the sensations in the body. Now, some people, I know individuals that when their heart starts to beat fast, their stomach becomes light and their palms become sweaty, they believe they're elevated. And so their story mm. is elevated. And so it's how they show up in their actions is going to be very different depending on their story. It's almost the foundation is the sensation. Then the power that we have that most people don't realize is what you focus on and what you choose to create meaning for. So the creating meaning is what story you're going to put on your sensations, and then what are you going to do? And so the sensations, for example, if your heart starts to beat, you're in an uncomfortable conversation you can use that as a trigger to feel like, yeah, I'm fun, comfortable. I'm elevated right now. I'm more alive. It's all about changing your languaging upon your, your sensations in your body completely changes the game, completely changes it all. Move toward fun comfortability. See, it's just relanguaging these negative connotations. It's okay to be fun, comfortable. Um, so here's, for, here's an example as well. Here's a really powerful story that can come full circle with this. And people are like, well, you can't use this with people that aren't ready for this. And, and uh, there's only certain scenarios. And I definitely agree every scenario is different. But here we go. I was doing a communication video teaching people effective communication on a Facebook Live video. And in the comment section was this woman from Australia that, again, I'm talking about Australia. I was there for a little while. But anyway, it was this woman from Australia. And she was like, well, I don't know if I can use this because I'm in a very uh, challenging circumstance right now and she says that her neighbor or her roommate the person that she's renting the house from she lives in the same house with and she's an older woman and she's wanted to commit suicide and she told me told me not to tell anybody I don't know what to do about it and I and I and so I was like wow okay let's get on a call so I got on the call with her and um and she was like well she's an older woman she's having these health problems and she has these counselors that kind of oversee her health and she said she's going to commit suicide, and she told me not to tell anybody. But I'm afraid that if I tell somebody, then I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose my, 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 my place and get kicked out and have nowhere to go. Um, but if I tell her that I tell somebody, yeah, that she's afraid of that. But then, yeah, if she kills herself and she commits suicide, then she's going to have that guilt as well. And she doesn't know what to do. She's in complete fear. She's like, I don't know. And this woman is kind of bitter with me. I don't know how to, I don't know how to approach this. And I was like, okay, well, well number one, you got to realize that if she does commit suicide and you knew that information, that can haunt you for the rest of your days as a human. And so you've got to yeah. say something. But 
I believe that even though she's bitter, it, it, what you perceive to be bitter for you, uh, against you, there's a way to effectively communicate because yeah. she agreed that she wanted to tell the counselors and, and um, she wanted to tell her too. So what I did was I taught her how to communicate uh, very persuasively, like, like I said, there's tact, but also very honestly. So, so she went up and she, she basically described, she said, hey, can I express, can I share something with you for a moment? And she's like, before that, I just want to appreciate you for, you know, being, uh, renting this house out to me. So she's leading with vulnerability. And then she says, a part of me is a bit insecure uh, to share this because, you know, whatever which way she did, I was just showing her some examples. She was like, a part of me um, is a bit insecure uh, to share this information with you because of this, this, and this. Um, but I feel like it's important because I care about you as a human being. Anyway, long story short, she spoke and communicated effectively, tactfully, and honestly and vulnerably. And not only did she – she gave me a call back. She's like, oh, my God, it was a complete miracle. She was incredibly receptive. She said, that's okay. Tell the counselors. Her and I got closer together. She understood where I was coming from. And she just released all that stress and pressure that was on her. And she's like, that was a complete miracle. I have it all on video. She gave me a testimonial as well after that. Wow. And I was just like, wow, what else in our life? How many people are struggling right now in life yep. that communication is the bridge? If you have a solution to somebody's problem, the only way that they can hear your solution and they can change their life is you by communicating effectively. Communication is the bridge. My family and people in my life, um, don't talk to one another, people that I love, because they, they don't know how to communicate. We don't learn this yep. type of skills in school, and um, and it can change the game. It can save somebody's life in this example. Absolutely. And, you know, what you're saying is so powerful because that person who is on the brink of suicide, they were, they were thinking of offing themselves, that, that person, that was a cry for help. The fact that she was willing to say that out loud to somebody else is a cry for help whether she's willing to admit it at a conscious level or not. And um, at the root of her problem was that she didn't feel that she was being heard or acknowledged and that she, she internally didn't feel that her life mattered. So in her cry for help, she's saying, that's it, I'm at my wit's end, nobody can change my mind, this is it. That's actually a cry for help. The other person is, is thinking, I can't tell anybody because she's telling me if she, you know, that if, if I say anything to anybody that, you know, she'll be in trouble or she's going to off herself even faster. That's not true. So now by her listening, being present with her and truly validating her existence, her beingness, her life, the fact that she's still breathing and empathizing and sympathizing with her, not necessarily agreeing with everything that she's saying, but just saying, you know what, I hear what you're saying. You know, and I, I feel your pain. And, you know, it, it, things can get better as bad as they may be right now. But just letting, you know, I heard you say such and such. And letting them know that what they were saying, what they're feeling is important to them in that moment, that's what that person wants. And, and anytime you have somebody, and this is true, this is something that I've learned in my life, is that when you have another party say or do something that creates a fear in you, bear in mind where the fear is coming from because fear is used to manipulate you to do something oftentimes that you don't want or do want. Mm -hmm. so you're not in a space of allowing if you have fear present. We all know that where fear, where love is, fear cannot be present in the, in the same space as fear. You either have love or you have fear. So if you have somebody trying to sell you something, if you have somebody who is trying to bully you with fear, if you have somebody who is emotionally, spiritually, psychologically abusive, using fear language and things that make you, I'm sorry, I can't do this, I can't do that, because, you know, you're afraid that you fill in the blank. You know what? That's cause for pause. They're mm. telling you you can't do this, you can't do that, because... They're trying to manipulate and force you into doing something that you, you probably know that you should, you should be doing. So, for example, I'm going to give you a personal experience. I had, my son was probably about seven, no more than eight years old at the time. And my mother-in-law, my mother her boyfriend, uh, was a, 
he was a veteran. He was, you know, originally in the in the Navy, and um, he had in his in a safe in his room he had a couple of guns, and he had a really bad habit. He was a terrible alcoholic. He would drink, you know, a lot of rum. And uh, the bottom line is, he, he, when he'd get home from work, he abused alcohol. So one of these days, and he was always wonderful to my children, but in this particular instance, for some reason, you know, he called my oldest son, Kyle, who was eight years old, seven to eight years old at the time, and he said, Kyle, I want to come. I want you to. I want to show you something. And Kyle was aware that that he had been drinking. He proceeds to open this, you know, the safe, and he takes out a gun, and then Kyle. His eyes just got really big, and he's like, oh, my gosh, he's taking out a gun. And then he, he wanted him to hold the gun, and Kyle said, no, why would you want me to hold that gun? I'm just a little kid. He goes, well, I want to show you how to use the gun. And then he immediately saw he saw a version of a little Kyle on, on uh, Kurt's right shoulder and then uh, an, an equal version on the left side. And the left side was apparently like a little devil Kyle, and the one on the right side was like a little angelic one. And the, the one on the right told him, go tell your grandmother and tell your mother immediately. And then the one on the left told him, no one will ever find out. Don't say a word. And then the next words out of Kurt's mouth was, I don't want you to tell your grandmother, and I don't want you to ever tell your mother about me showing you this gun. And then to which... Kyle replied, he's like, why are you showing me this little gun? Why are you showing me this gun? I'm just a little kid. Uh, and he goes, I don't even want to touch it. And he's like, here, go ahead and touch it. And Kyle was thinking, I don't know if this is a loaded gun or if it's not a loaded gun. This guy's been drinking. I'm in danger. I need to go tell my grandmother as quickly as possible. And so first opportunity he had, he slipped out the door. He ran and he told his grandmother. Then when I came to pick him up, which was not, not too much longer after that, he told me immediately. So first of all, I knew that the angels had obviously, he was, was protected because he listened to the angel on the right that told him, you need to tell, I don't care what he's telling you not to tell anybody, you need to tell, he's telling you not to tell any grown-ups, not to tell grandma or mom, you need to tell both of them ASAP. You can hear a little bit of screaming in the background there. So the moral of the story was this. He didn't let the fear, because it was very intimidating to have this man who he viewed as a grandfather to tell him, don't you dare tell your grandmother and you definitely don't tell your mom. But he knew that he was supposed to tell his mom and his grandma for his own protection. And so that's a case in point. We need to recognize that somebody, yeah, somebody is trying to do something nine out of ten times uh, that is not necessarily in your best interest when they're using that kind of fear. Oh, so for sure. And I imagine this happens marker. all the time. Imagine it happens oh, yeah. all the time. And really horrible thing. And, you know, I think the statistics of of rape and molestation that happens as children is, is uh, just mind-boggling. And um, that carries on, men and women, um, that carries on to their adult life. And it is incredibly yes. important to share that with somebody. I mean, obviously, somebody. I mean, I, I believe personally um, that it's important to share it with somebody that you trust and to let it out. Um, it will change everything. It will change the game because what happens is, and from my understanding of the subconscious mind, is that when we hold these emotions in, they come up. Those parts of us that got traumatized as kids, they come up in self-sabotage. Uh, in many different mm-hmm. ways, in our relationships, in our finances, in how we conduct our life, in our, in our health. And they come up in these subtle ways of self-sabotage. And so healing that past by expressing it, let, allowing it to come from the dark and out into the light, whether that's sharing it with somebody, whether that's um, going back in your past and, and um, seeing it for what it is, um, whatever it is, I think it's important for us to share and to express that uh, and heal those parts of us for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen this uh, show up in many different ways in people's lives. And sometimes, and I want to show this one other um, account because I think this will help a lot of listeners. They don't, may not recognize sometimes the hold that fear uh, has in controlling you to do things that are against your best interest. And, uh, for example, I knew of somebody who was an acquaintance who she had a boyfriend who was, of course, 
uh, had a problem with uh, drugs and he had a problem with alcohol. And every time she would try to leave him, um, he would threaten that he was going to commit suicide because he was he was dependent upon her for everything. For you know, he didn't have a job. He didn't. He couldn't sustain himself. So she was like the breadwinner. So without her, he would be jobless, homeless, carless, etc. So he. It was really you know his way of controlling her to make sure that she wouldn't leave. As painful as it was for her to stay, because when he would get drunk, when he would do drugs, you know he was even more verbally abusive. But he would threaten, and she loved him despite all this, but he would threaten to kill himself, and she was afraid because she loved him. He didn't want him to die, so he would use that as a one-up on her. So for years, she didn't leave. And the sad truth is that if a person, if somebody is trying to keep you against your will in a relationship by threatening to cut you off from money, to threaten, you know, by by you know, committing suicide, by any kind of threat of, that causes fear in you, obviously that's not love, for starters. Because somebody who loves you, really loves you, would never do that to you, for starters. Second of all, if they do off themselves, that's not your responsibility. They would have found any other reason, any other reason would do. If somebody is truly suicidal, any little thing can set them off. And so your leaving them is not going to be, you can't take sole responsibility for that. All you can do yeah. is love yourself en- enough to be free from that dark, horrible, negative, super um, passive-aggressive and super codependent, unhealthy relationship and get yourself away from it and get yourself whole. If they, if they do something to harm themselves, know that they would have found any other any, – when people are in that state of mind – you know they need to want to help themselves and and some of them do want to help have you know help themselves and others clearly don't others clearly want to argue for their limitations that individual is responsible for their life just as you are responsible for your life and part of you being integrity with you because the first and most important relationship you will have in your entire life is the relationship that you have with yourself you have to have that right first you have to have integrity with your being first before you can share that with others. Amen, sister. <laughs> Amen. And, um, yeah, that's a huge red flag. And I, I think what courageous conversation are we not having with ourselves? And what courageous conversation must we have now? Uh, because I think people already know what they need to do. And by uh-huh. procrastinating on that again and again, that's what causes pain, and that's what causes prolonged suffering. And my my encouragement would be for myself and for everybody listening is to be brave and to be bold and to have that courageous conversation with yourself and or uh, with those people in your life um, to set yourself free. Because because when when we hold when we uh, when we don't. All of that incompleteness, like the uh, mm-hmm. the incompleteness in the sense of like not completing a, something just hanging there, those open loops from the past, they all bind us to the past. And so yeah. and rather than being Absolutely. right, seek freedom. Let it go. And I, well, I hear yeah. you, sister, and it's powerful. Yeah, and, and part of, you know, uh, Don Miguel Reason in his book, The Four Agreements, he talks about being impeccable with your word. So part of that agreement you know we make agreement with ourselves and we make agreements with others so as we choose to start to think in a way that is more uplifting more empowering more loving with ourselves again the relationship that you have with you first loving yourself enough to know that you deserve the best that god the universe wants only those things that are good for you and in turn good for others so you have to be impeccable with your word with yourself first. Yeah. And you don't take things personally. You don't assume anything. You always do your best. You know, you inch by inch, you know, you progress. And sometimes you, sometimes we do fall off the bandwagon. And even though we have this, well, inc- this intention of unconditional communication, unconditional truth with unconditional love, we may fall off the bandwagon. And hopefully the person... You know, right now I'm talking to you, so this is the agreement that I have with you. If I should ever fall off the bandwagon, 
you have permission to call me to the carpet because we have this agreement of unconditional communication, unconditional truth, right. unconditional love, you know, no rights, no wrongs, no taboos. Now you can encourage and say, hey, wait a minute, this is what we agreed to. You're a little, you're a little, uh, a little off here. No, I'm not mad, but you know what? You can call me to the carpet gently, and I have the ability to do that with you too because we do have this agreement, and it's for both of our best interests. Yes, and what I would suggest, too, from my understanding with the clients that I work with, is that it's a really cute, fluffy word to say, oh, love yourself and forgive yourself. Like, it's a, it's a great concept, but usually it doesn't go beyond concepts for most people. And uh-huh. I think that even though most traumas, they, they could happen to us, like somebody can induce that trauma on us, when uh-huh. you go a little bit deeper... It. You, no, uh-huh. no, not necessarily. When you go a little bit deeper, you realize that it's not the person that did it to us, but it's us that allowed ourselves to, for those people to do it to us. So most people generate this self-hate, this self-hate. And what I would suggest is that what if God already has forgiven us and he's just waiting, or she, or he, or it, is just wait, waiting for us to forgive ourselves? And how we forgive ourselves yep. is completely by taking full responsibility for it. And and even though there's many variables of what happened and when certain really horrible things happen to our lives, we got to, I think, at some level embody a higher philosophy and a belief in whereas things may be happening on a spiritual realm that is unexplainable in the personal realm and the trauma that happened to us is totally uncomprehensible to the human soul why that would happen to another human being. Although by taking responsibility, you sort of take the power back and saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to let this control my life anymore because maybe some part of me needed to learn that to create the depth, the compassion, the understanding for me to cultivate the purpose and to make sure that this doesn't happen again in, in, uh, in somebody else's life. And I'm going to be the leader that leads the way. Whatever it is, we've got to create that meaning. We've got to take that personal responsibility and pull back and stop blaming God, stop blaming um, other people are blaming our past and that self-hate we got to realize that we got to come into that that congruence or integrity with ourselves and and create and create a sense of acceptance and mm-hmm. my a little tool that can you can do is when next time when you're in a meditation or just close your eyes think about the younger versions of yourself go go down the timeline from your five-year-old 10-year-old 15 20-year-old go down into your current self and to look in their eyes and to see them feel their pain and to, to embrace them and say, I accept you. I love you. I acknowledge you. I forgive you. Everything's going to be okay. And just to really see those parts of yourself and to acknowledge them and to see them and to love them. Um, and it's a super powerful meditation I teach in my workshops. And um, I think anybody can do that by creating that inner imagination, uh, going back to the past down their timeline and accepting not judging, accepting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and changing the story that you have associated with it. Well, uh, it goes, it goes like back to it goes it goes back to the sensation where it's mm-hmm. neutral in the eyes of God. It might be neutral. It's yeah. impartial. The very meaning that we put to it is what's going to dictate our life. So just like the traumas that happen to us, maybe in the grand scheme of things, it's neutral. It's not negative. It's not positive. It's neutral, mm-hmm. but by what we judge it to be is what we basically create for ourselves moving forward. And the same thing with the sensations in our body. And so um, that is a, a great concept that has impacted my life and completely changed my life, completely well, changed and redirects my life. And um, I've seen others embody this concept and for them to get great results as well. I love what you're saying about how you talk about how the certain uh, – recall of memories, uh, the feeling of uh, the, the energy in your body as things happen. Uh, you talked about anxiety and how, you know, how people feel, that heart palpitation and, and um, sweaty palms and so forth. And the reality is that that is an energy surge in your body. And like you said before, you can choose how to interpret that as either a negative thing or a positive thing. Some people are saying, oh, it's anxiety, I need to, you know, it's like, you know, it drives them so crazy that they, because it's a negative connotation, now it's uh, not only a negative thing, but they actually have to self-medicate to get rid of that quote-unquote negative feeling. 
I am here as living testimony to tell you that you can actually change that with the flip of a switch and change that into instead of an energy suck, which is labeled anxiety, to an energy surge, which will empower you. And this is a true story. From the time I was three years old, I've been put on stage to sing and to play instruments and everything in churches and yada yada because I'm the daughter of a, of a minister, right? So, But when I w- uh, started in the business world, one of the things that I had to get up and do was to do public speaking in order to you know, speak to a group of realtors, brokers, lenders, etc. So I had to get up in stage now to speak on a topic that I was an authority and an expert in. So I remember the first time I went to speak at a Century 21 office, I'll never forget. I remember telling myself, because it's much different to be, you know, when you're singing and and that, it's like I never had any fear with that because I'd been doing that my whole life. But now to be speaking on this topic and I look so young and, you know, all these, the average realtor was like 40, 50, 60 years old. So, and I look like I was in junior high, even though I was a college graduate. So, I got up there, and I remember telling my, myself, because at first I started feeling in my body the energy which I would have called, which I did call, you know, feeling nervous. And I remember as I was getting ready to go up, I felt that nervous energy, and I said, no, I'm not nervous. I am pumped. I'm excited. I am pumped. I'm excited. I am pumped. I'm excited. And by doing that, instead of my interpreting that feeling in my body as being nervousness, I switched it to being I'm pumped, I'm excited. For a flash of a second, I thought a little bit about, you know, how exciting it is when you get on a roller coaster ride at Disneyland, but I just framed it as being pumped and excited. So I got up there and then didn't think about it twice, and I delivered my, you know, my information, and every, everybody, I had wonderful results. But I realized in that moment, after coming down from that stage speaking, I realized, oh, my gosh, I flipped a switch simply by choosing, by deciding in my mind that instead of thinking, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I took the word nervous and switched it with I am pumped, I'm excited, and I really was pumped and excited. Now the energy that could have disempowered me, could have weakened me, could have you know, made me fumble and fluster and, and forget what I was saying, instead it rose up like a wave to support me and to lift me up. And the perception from the audience, from the feedback that I got was that it was a very powerful talk and they learned things that they had never heard of before. And I thought all I did was tell myself was that I was, you know, excited and that I was, you know, um, I mean, my whole point to this is that it was just like flipping a switch, that little momentary decision to say, I'm pumped, I'm excited, I am pumped, I'm excited. And then I trusted that I knew my stuff and I did it. And that works for anybody and everybody if they simply choose to do it. That's the beauty. Yep, powerful. I mean, as simple as this, and I, I think we can wrap it up on this, on this note, is that, you know, we're all communicating something. We're communicating to ourselves. We're yeah. communicating to other people. And, and we're basically offering an idea that you can consciously, deliberately, and authentically communicate and by doing that, absolutely, you can get ten times better results in life. And yeah, this well, was a beautiful conversation with you, Lillian. Likewise, Frank J. And thank you so much for being on our show today to talk about this much-needed topic about having, you know, the power of raw, authentic communication. I want to encourage our listeners, everyone that's listening to this, whether it's live or whether you're listening to this on a taped, taped uh, broadcast for you to post comments and we'd love to continue this conversation about speaking in this circle and this agreement of unconditional truth, unconditional communication with unconditional love, with no attachments, no rights or wrong, just no taboos. You're just able to you speak with another person in that same agreement and tell us your stories. I'd love to hear about your stories of things that are happening once you start to Put that out there. And you can start with your best friend. You can start with somebody that you're dating. You can, the people that are closest to you that you really do love and adore, you can start this by saying, hey, you know what, I just learned this. I want to, you know, are you willing to do this? And they'll say yay or nay. And I think you'll be surprised at not only how receptive people are, but you'll both learn so much about yourself and about other human beings. And what will come to light is oftentimes, wow, a lot of stuff that you thought that were negative in your mind, turns out 
you know, oh, my gosh, that was just a figment of my imagination. The other person wasn't mad. They weren't whatever you fill in the blank, which is a relief. But you just have to have that courage to put it out there. And that is the bottom line. Frankly? Yes. Parting words? Parting words is that what – it's going to end on a question. What courageous conversation must you have now? Ooh, I like that. What courageous conversation must you have now? That is very powerful. What courageous conversation must you have now? And on that note, that's the Bottom Line Show Live. Peace and love to you always, Frank J. I love you. We'll see you soon again. And thank Likewise, you for being on the broadcast. It was God a pleasure. You. Thank you. Bye-bye.